You know, here we are on Resurrection Sunday 2020, and we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and we're standing in the middle of the worst global crisis we've faced in our lifetime. And at first, you know, we could think this is a disruption. This is an intrusion. Uh, we, we can't celebrate the way we usually do. No, that's, that's a little bit true. But I want to say this virus is not an intrusion. It's a validation of our faith. It's a validation of the fact that Jesus Christ came for moments like this. No, I stand before you today, church family, with a message of hope. Jesus and COVID-19. And I want to say, if your God is not bigger than this virus, your God is too small. If your Jesus cannot face head-on all the issues that this virus presents us with, then you may not know Jesus. Our Christian faith does not make it necessary for us to ever run away from reality. It enables us to face every reality. No, we've decided that today we're not going to dance around the elephant in the room. We're going to face this pandemic head on and present Jesus Christ. And I bring us one sentence from the Bible, and it's referring to Jesus, and it says, He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he may have the supremacy. Now, by the time we're done, we're going to get to the second name in that verse, the firstborn from the dead. But we're going to spend the, the majority of our time together looking at the, at the name of Jesus, the beginning. The beginning. Now, in the larger context, the beginning means two things about Jesus. He's the creator. The second is he's the redeemer. The first, he created everything that is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The one true God, three persons, created all things. So he's the beginning in the sense that he is the beginning. He's the beginning of everything. But the real intent of this is the second meaning here. He's the beginning. He's the one that reaches out to us first. He's the one that initiates a relationship. And this is what makes Christianity distinct, and it's what we want to understand today. You see, every other world religion is people reaching up to God. Christianity is God reaching down to people. And he reached down in his son, Jesus Christ. And when he reached down, he didn't just roll out of, out of bed one day and reach down to earth. He came in the form of a child. He was born. And not only that, but he reached out to the lowest of the low. He reached out to the marginalized. He reached out to the oppressed. He reached out to the, the lonely of the lonely. Those that have been abused through injustice. Those that have been misunderstood and they know it. Those that are depressed and despairing of life itself. Those are the ones Jesus came for. And that's the message of the resurrection. That's why we're not going to walk away from this on Easter Sunday. It's not just a matter of wearing our Easter best and showing up with our hats and, and our new outfits and looking like a million bucks. Here we are isolated, we're all in our homes, but I'm telling you, by the grace of God, we will never forget 
Resurrection Sunday 2020 for good reason. It's the day we understood why Jesus came. That he came to begin a relationship with us. And he's the beginning in that he initiated. He pursues us. He's a relentless, loving Savior who relentlessly pursues us and recklessly pursues us and is willing to go to any length to reach us. That's the message of this Easter, that Jesus is the beginning. Now, <laughs> those of you that know me know I'm a list maker, I'm a thinker, I like to evaluate, and I found seven different breaking points that this virus has brought to us collectively. This is not just true of me, this is true across the board, and it's really true of those represented from every nation around the world today. The first breaking point is fear and anxiety. Everyone deals with stress differently. Those that work in recovery and addiction right now say that everything's on the rise. Alcoholism, all kinds of addictions are on the rise right now. Everyone's saying that people are eating more and drinking more and all the rest of it. We're coping with stress. Well, I want to present to you the beginning. That is Jesus, who came to meet you in your most stressful moments like these. When Jesus was about to die, the night before, he was faced with a decision. Should I or shouldn't I? Am I going to go through with this? Because he was the Messiah, the one to suffer on behalf of all humanity. He is the author of life, and yet he was about to be crucified. He was the one who is eternal and yet dwelling in eternity in a human body. That body was about to die. He who was adored by angels was about to be rejected by men. And it weighed on him. And in the garden, his favorite prayer spot, the night before he died, he cried out to God. And he said, if it's possible, I don't, if, if it's possible, I don't want to go through with this. And then he resigned himself, nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want. I'm going to go with it. But if there's any way, Lord, spare me. And during those moments of anguish and stress to the highest degree, it says that he not only sweat profusely, but his sweat glands were pouring out sweat so fast that the capillaries actually exploded and he was sweating drops of blood. The medical term is hematidrosis. Those have been documented during wartime and other times of extreme stress and anxiety. Their sweat glands will explode. And that's what happened to Jesus. Why? Because he's the beginning. He initiated a love relationship with you. He could have been sitting on a cloud and being adored by angels, but he came down to meet you in your stress and in your anxiety. The Bible says, greater love has no one than this, that a man lays down his life for his friend, and you are Jesus' friend, and he reached across to meet you in your anxiety. The greatest force on earth is not your fear. The, a greater force is the love that Jesus Christ has for you. And right now, the fear inside of you is real, but so is the love of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that perfect love drives out fear. 
And today, you can receive the perfect love of God to drive fear out of your heart. And it's not that you'll never deal with fear again, but every time you do, you know that you have a God who's greater than the fear that you feel. The second breaking point that this virus has brought to us is loneliness and isolation. I was horrified to read that last week, Tennessee reported more deaths by people taking their own lives than from this virus. People are despondent. People are pushed beyond their ability to cope. Isolation gets to people in many different ways. But it can be brutal. It's difficult to live with. Isolation. And we all cope differently. But if you've been pushed, if you've been tested in this time of isolation, if your loneliness is at an all-time high, I want to present to you Jesus, who is the beginning. He began to express his love for you, to meet you in your loneliness and in your rejection. The second wound that Jesus experienced was the wound to the face. He was slapped, he was hit with fists, and he was hit with poles and sticks, and blood came from his face. It's a picture of rejection, of abandonment, and why did he do that? Because he's the beginning. He wants to begin a relationship with you. Jesus gives you a new beginning today. And he offers to meet you in your loneliness and in your isolation. Before Jesus left this earth, after he rose from the dead, he said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Today, you can open your heart and receive Jesus into your loneliness and into your isolation. The third breaking point is certainly the physical disease itself. Now one of the anomalies with this disease is that it hits everybody differently. Some have it and they don't even know it. But others, it hits horribly. Some who've come out the other end say it was absolutely the worst pain they've ever felt. They've never felt such bone ache joint ache, and hard to catch the breath, fighting for breath. God help us. And today we have compassion on those who some of you may have this disease or have symptoms of it, and we're praying for your healing. But let me tell you, I offer to you Jesus. Along with whatever other medical help you get, I present to you Jesus. He's the beginning he reaches out to you to meet you in your physical affliction today. You know, when Jesus faced the cross, before he got to the cross, he was scourged, flogged. Now, the Jews only did it 39 times. That is, a whip with, with uh, strips of leather with metal studs that not only whipped the outside of the flesh, but actually took chunks of flesh and ripped it off. But Jesus was not whipped by Jews. He was whipped by the Romans, who were merciless. They would not whip just 39 times, 69, 99 times. So literally, all the way down the back of Jesus, he was shredded 
from uh, the top of his neck all the way down to his ankles, shredded. But did you realize that 1,000 years earlier, the prophet Isaiah said that he was despised and rejected? It goes on and it says that he picked up our infirmities, he carried our sorrows, and by his stripes we are healed. Now this was written a thousand years, a thousand years before crucifixion was even, and scourging was even invented. But it says, by his stripes we are healed. So the, 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 the horrible, tormenting flagellation of the backside of Jesus was for your healing. And by his stripes, it says, you are healed. Now that doesn't mean that every COVID patient is going to survive the disease. But it does mean that there is physical healing in Jesus. And we as a local church have seen hundreds, maybe a thousand people physically healed. And we want to pray for you. Before the first patient died of this virus in the state of Georgia, we installed a healing hotline. And we pray for everyone who leaves their name, first names only. We don't, we're not out to pursue you, but we want to pray specifically. And if it's stage four cancer, if it's heart disease, whatever your, or COVID-19, would you call that hotline? It's an easy number to remember, 470. 474-HEAL, H-E-A-L, 470-474-HEAL. And I would encourage you to call. We have people that pray every day for these needs that you call in. You can call in from anywhere in the world. Just get our country code and call it in. And God bless you as you do. Why? Because Jesus came to take not only our sins, not only our sorrows, but our sicknesses. And our God will heal many people of COVID-19. We say with means or with all, without means, but by all means, Jesus. Get medical help, but along with the medical help, we, we want to encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ and call on his name. And Jesus provides healing for you. Now the fourth breaking point that this disease has brought to the surface is despair and desperation. There was a couple in Michigan that were reading too many articles. They were watching too much news. It was tormenting them. They, they read of the horrible ravages on the human body of this disease, and they were petrified. Then one of them starts getting the symptoms. Then the other one gets the symptoms. And they could take it no longer. And the husband pulled out a gun and first took his wife's life and then his own. That's despair. The sequel to the story is they did an autopsy on both of them and they both tested negative for COVID-19. Tragic. 
But my friend, if you are in despair, I give you Jesus. One of the wounds to Jesus' body was the wound to the, the crown of his head when the, when the crown of thorns was pressed down on him mockingly. Here he is, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and they put a cursed crown of thorns on his head. What a despicable thing. It's the sign of utter rejection, of abandonment. They spit on him. And the Bible says that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with suffering, like men from whom one would hide their faces. He was rejected and despised. That's Jesus. Why? So, so that he could experience the rejection, the despair that you're feeling and meet you in that despair. And from the cross, Jesus would go on and cry out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can you imagine? Here he is, the Son of God, crying out to Father God, and he felt totally abandoned. If you feel abandonment right now, and rejection, and isolation, and despair, I give you Jesus. He came as the beginning to begin a relationship with you in the pit of your despair today. Jesus comes to meet you there. He will meet you there before he takes you out. No matter how miserable your situation is today, I give you Jesus. The fifth breaking point is the financial. I don't want to skirt this. We've all faced loss. If you've got stocks, which most of us do, if you've got a 401 or whatever it is, a retirement plan, you've lost. Some of you have lost your jobs. Some are concerned about making ends meet. Some, you work in an industry that's just about shut down, or maybe it has. And depending on which person you're listening to, this could last a little while. You're concerned. Well, let me just suggest to all of us, and I don't mean to cheapen for a moment the, the, the reality of needing to provide for our families and our need, need to eat and to have, a, have shelter. But Jesus, Jesus is the beginning, and he meets you in this moment of loss. The fifth wound to Jesus' body was to his wrists. He who had everything, he could have called 10,000 angels. He, was, he had all the wealth in the world. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He let it all go when he was crucified. His hands couldn't grasp anything because they were pierced with metal stakes. He opened his hands to everything. He was stripped. He died without anything. Why? To meet you when you feel perhaps like you've lost everything. It was this Jesus who said to his disciples, I love this. Hey, disciples, why do you worry about what you will wear, what you will eat? 
Look at the birds of the air. Look at the chickadees, the sparrows. Look at, the, look at each one of the nuthatch. Look at the robins and the cardinals and the bluebirds and the finches. Look at the birds. They don't work for what they eat. They don't sow for next year's crop. But God feeds them. Will he not also feed you? Oh, you of little faith. And then he said, look at the lilies. Look at the azaleas, the camellias. Look at the, 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 the dogwoods in Georgia. Go ahead and look at the flowers. I tell you, they didn't work for their clothes. They're not seamstresses. They didn't design their colors. But God dressed them up prettier, more handsome than Solomon who owned more than perhaps anyone in world history. Will he not clothe you also, O you of little faith? Now I'm not cheapening the, the, the loss that you and I have experienced, but I point you to God, your provider. The Bible says that I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. And we as your local church, we stand with you. We've been able to help many with their financial needs. Every year we give about $20,000 to help pay for medical supplies and, and other things. And, and some years far more than that. No, we help people. But together, this is a challenge financially. And we look to a God who owns it all. And we point you to Jesus who opened his hands because he could trust his Father and from the open, pierced hands of Jesus, I reach out to you and I say you can trust the Lord during this time. The sixth breaking point that this disease has brought to the surface is a hard one to talk about. It's anger and domestic violence. We're well aware of all the reports of the rise in domestic violence. It's tragic. In some of the urban centers in our country, police are not even able to respond to those needs because they're through the roof. EMTs are afraid to, to go and make house calls for fear of what they're going to face when they get there. And they're facing horrible things right now, and we want to continue to uphold them all in prayer. But let me talk with you. We're not going to solve all the other issues out there, but I want to address your own anger. You see, when we face loss, we face fear. When we face fear, we face anger. We face anger because we're losing control. And when we lose control, the anger can cross the line to rage. Uncontrollable anger. And violence can follow. If this has been you, I want to give you Jesus. And I want to encourage you to reach out to us for help. Jesus is for you. Nobody's proud of domestic violence. Nobody's glad, well, she deserves, nobody. It's, it's a horrible thing, but it can happen to anyone. I want to say to you, if you have been one who exercised domestic violence in your home, I reach out to you today and I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus. Jesus can relate to you today. Why? Because of the sixth wound to his body. You see, Jesus' feet were pierced. 
The foot represents what we have authority over. Now Jesus had authority over all things, but not when He went to the cross. When Jesus went to the cross, He laid aside the independent access of His authority. And when His feet were pierced, He relinquished, He abandoned His control over anything. Why? So He could begin a relationship with you. Even in your guilt and shame of domestic violence, Jesus reaches out to you today. He loves you, but He doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to meet you today. And I encourage you, allow the sixth wound of Christ to touch you. And recognize, if God loved me that much, maybe there is hope for me as well. No, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace for good reason. He said, my peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. In fact, when he rose from the dead, there with his disciples, before he ascended into heaven, he said two times to his disciples, peace be with you. Some suggest that the first time it was peace with God on the the vertical. The second time, peace with you on the horizontal with each other. God not only wants to call you into peace relationship with himself, but peace within your home. And it starts with peace within your heart. The seventh and final breaking point that this virus has brought to the surface is loss and the fear of death. There's nothing in my lifetime that has reminded the global family of our mortality more than this virus. People are are asking, Uh, What about heaven? Do do I know for sure that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven? Well, this is the time. I give you Jesus. Jesus, who is the beginning, to begin a relationship with you. He reached down to meet you in your fear, in your loneliness, in your loss, in your desperation, and in your fear of death. This is the moment for which Jesus came. Now, he's not only the beginning. That's the first name of Colossians 1.18. He is the beginning. But the second name, and the first born from the dead. You see, in order for God to really reach down and meet us, he had to reach all the way down. And not just rolling off his mattress in heaven and just reaching an arm down. He got down in our mess. And he not only experienced the the, the wound of, of sweating the stressful anxiety in the garden or the the blood face of rejection or the, the lashes across his back for our physical healing or the the isolation and abandonment of the crown of thorns or the hand wounds, the wrist wounds of, of abandoning all physical possessions and not just through the feet of letting go of all authority and all control 
But the seventh wound that Jesus experienced, it was the one to his side. But since the Roman spear came from beneath, since he was hanging on the cross, that 12 to 18 inch spear tip would have slid under the rib, up through the pericardium, into his heart. Now Jesus' heart was open. The, the, the fluid from his, his lung cavity and the blood from his heart flowed out of his body. He gave it all. He gave it all. And the author of life died. He was pronounced dead. He was covered with embalming spices, wrapped in a shroud, enclosed in a tomb with a large, at least 300-pound stone that was rolled in front of the, the tomb. And he laid there a day, another day. And on the beginning of the third day, life was breathed into his body so that death, while death was necessary to meet us in our fear of death, it was not the end. He was dead. But then divine life, physical life came back into that body so that he began and he finished. He was the firstborn out of the dead. Why? so that you and I in our fear of death might have one who conquered death in whom we can put our trust. Now, there have been so many sad stories with this virus. One of the most tragic to me was what happened in California. When the virus first broke um, and the West Coast seemed to get hit first, there were those... Uh, government officials that said, no worries, we've got all the apparatus we need, we've got all those uh, uh, masks that will protect our surgeons and, and all the medical professionals. But when they got to dis distribute them, they looked on the mask. Now, <clears throat> I've got one here, and this is the good one, this is the N95 that everybody wants. I was tempted to preach in this mask. But I thought, um, not a good idea. But here it is. And they all have fine print and a little warning because they all have an expiration date. And the saddest thing, they had 21 million masks that were all expired. Some apparently were even falling apart. Now, when it comes to a mask that you're counting on, you want to make sure you've got a good one. You've got one, want to trust the right equipment. Just as that is true, it's even more true than when it comes to where you're going to go when you die, you want to trust the right equipment. And what I want to announce to you today is there is no expiration date on the blood of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, once and for all, it was the atonement for my sins and for yours. Yes, he meets us in every level of our breaking points in life. He meets us in the, in the highs and the lows of all our experience, and he is 
the one alone who is superior to COVID-19. But beyond this virus, you and I have a virus. It's called pride and rebellion. It's what the Bible calls sin. And the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to our own way. But God laid on his son the iniquity of us all. He was bruised for our transgressions and wounded for our iniquities. No, my friend, I give you today Jesus. The beginning, the one who came to meet us in all of our breaking points and the firstborn from the dead. The firstborn from the dead. I give you Jesus so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Would you pray with me right now? And I wanna, we're going to work our way back. We're going to deal with all seven of these breaking points. And we're going to start with the fear of death. Would you pray with me? If you don't know for certain where you're going to die when, or where, where you're going to go when you die, now is the time to settle that matter once and for all. And I ask you right now to just pray this prayer with me. Father God, I call on the name of Jesus. I cannot save myself, but today I take the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for my sins and I receive the free gift of eternal life. For it is written, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And today I call on the name of the Lord. On this day, April 12, 2020, I receive the free gift of eternal life in Jesus' name. Now, for those who have been in despair, you have been violent in your own family, saying word curses over family members, or if some have perhaps even struck a family member, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, you know I hate it when I do this, but thank you for meeting me in this moment of my guilt and shame. Lord, help me. Lord, you were able to relinquish control. And when everything seems to be out of control, today I humble myself and I release, I release control. And I receive the governance of heaven over my home and over my heart. I receive peace inside of me in Jesus' name. The same Jesus who calmed the raging sea right now is speaking peace to your spirit. Receive it from the Prince of Peace. Those who have faced severe financial loss, would you pray with me? Father, all things belong to you. The Lord gives and the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But today I put my faith in God as my provider. Give me today my daily bread and I trust in you. And I even thank you for the opportunity and the privilege of trusting in you in Jesus' name. For those who have the disease, I want to pray for your healing right now. If you have a loved one 
that you know by name, would you just raise a hand right where you are and let's agree together. Father God, right now we bind the spirit of death in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ from over this person and we loose your life in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, from the stripes, from the wounds of Jesus that you would communicate from those wounds life and healing into the lungs, into the bones, into the bloodstream of this person. Lord, we know that there are transfusions right now that take uh, the blood source of those that have the antibodies and giving it to those that have the disease. And we thank you for all those that are willing to go through that process. But Father, today we know that the blood of Jesus has the antidote for every disease. And we pray that you would communicate that healing to each one that we're asking you for right now. In Jesus' name, amen. For those who have mourned loss, Jesus is a man of sorrows and we lament. There's nothing wrong with pouring out our sorrows, being honest with God about our sorrows. But then we come finally to the, the last, which is fear and anxiety. And in a sense, these are the most obvious. But the Bible again says, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. These are, fears are easy to come, but they're also easy to get rid of. And in Jesus' name, would you pray with me? Just raise a hand. If you've had any anxiety over this, just raise a hand right now and pray with me. Father God, I'm gonna keep it real here. I have had fear. I've been anxious. I don't like this situation. And Father, I admit the presence of fear inside of me. But right now, I receive in a flooding of the love of God poured into my spirit. I receive a gully washer of the love of God to fill me now with the, that that love of God for me would become in me more powerful than the fear. I receive that in Jesus' name. And now, in Jesus' name, that spirit of fear, I bind it and I throw it out in Jesus' name. I break off that fear. I break off anxiety in Jesus' name. Now, church family, we're looking at one verse. Colossians 1, 18. Talking about Jesus. He is the beginning. That means he reached out and met us in all of our breaking points by his wounds. And he's the firstborn from the dead, which means though he meets us in our broken points, he doesn't leave us there. He leads us out with hope that he might have in all things the supremacy. Amen.